Hi, and welcome to the What Drives You podcast. I'm Ellen Shute, and today I'm bringing you a compelling conversation about love, loss, authenticity, and acceptance. Ultimately, this episode is about one family's journey of accepting and celebrating one another as they truly are, even when embracing authenticity brought massive change to their status quo. You'll notice something a little different in this episode, complete anonymity. I think it's so important for us to tell our stories because we can always see parts of ourselves in the stories of others. And we can learn from and be inspired by the experiences of others. And also, sometimes the details of our story intersect with the lives of others, including their pain and challenges. And I think one of the best ways we can honor their part of our story is by honoring their privacy. So you'll notice there are no names mentioned in today's conversation, and that is why because I want to honor the amazing courage and authenticity within this story while also honoring the privacy of everyone involved. So let's jump right in. I'm delighted to have you here. And I know that what you're going to talk about is going to be really, really useful for many people out there. So I'm just going to ask you to uh, describe your family for us and talk a little bit about um, the origins of that family. When I was 21, I got married mm -hmm. and my husband and I left, moved to Alaska. Oh. And just before we did that, found out that I was pregnant and I had a little girl. And then six months later, found out I was pregnant again and we had a little boy. And when uh, my daughter and my son were three and two, respectively. Uh, my husband and I split up. Okay. We were living in Virginia at the time. He stayed. And I moved back up here to Michigan uh, to be with my mother and my family. Okay. So it was just me because he was definitely not close to be able to be part of our family unit. My mom became that part of our unit for that time of our life. Okay. So for about a year, we lived with her mm. while I established myself, found a job. The kids uh, were, got, they loved being home. They loved being around family. It was just a nice time for us to heal, mm. to also just explore who we are and figure out where to go next. They got involved in school. I found a good job. And then I bought a house. Mm. And during that time, I met some new people and uh, just, you know, tried to figure myself out too. I was only 25 at the time. And I met some people from high school. I ended up going out with them a few times, meeting some of their friends. And I ended up meeting someone. And at the time, we were just friends. I was actually dating a friend of his. Hmm. But we always got along so nicely, you know. Well, his friend and I stopped seeing each other. A few months later, he and I just happened to start talking again and say, oh, hey, how are you doing? Just the whole catch up. And uh, we hung out and it was so nice. It was, And he was so different mm. from anyone else that I had dated before. 
so much that I actually kind of put the brakes on it real early going, nah, I <laughs> what am I doing? But after about six months, I said, what am I doing? <laughs> I have such a nice time with this person. What is, what? Obviously it hasn't worked the other way. <laughs> Let's <laughs> give this a shot with someone who just is a good person, treats me so nicely. And I just enjoy my time with. How hard is that? <laughs> my biggest uh, concern with him though, was that he had never really been in a true relationship and he did not have kids or ever had much experience with children. So having two small children, my own home, definitely a different place in my life than he was. Mm-hmm. So everything went pretty slow until I lost my job. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my job. And at that time, he had gotten transferred and was driving a crazy distance to go to his job. Mm-hmm. And we had been seeing each other for a good year at that point. And he had met the children. They liked him. My family really liked him and said, you know what? I know we didn't plan on this, any of this, but maybe it's a good time to move in because we can help each other out. I'm a lot closer to work. I can help you with the bills. You know, it'll just be easier for all of us. I was very hesitant, but honestly, it just made the most sense. And I, he was somebody that I saw myself with. Hmm. He just was, we just, uh, just clicked. Hmm. So we lived together for um, about a year and a half and he went through some horrible struggles. His father passed away at a very young age. Mm. Um, and then his great grandmother and grandmother back to back wow. um, in the beginning of 2012. At that time at the funerals, I was very ill and come to find out I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that was my indicator with the other two as well. And I went, oh, so flash forward to uh, really taking things a little bit further than we were expecting much sooner. Mm-hmm. So um, we threw out the idea of getting married, but decided that that wasn't, you know, we still wanted to make sure that our relationship and that was solid mm-hmm. and we weren't going to make any choices on marriage based on anything besides we want to be married. So that later that year, my youngest son came around who was his only child. Mm-hmm. And we had a family of three. My older two called him dad, really didn't have much to do with their other, with their father Mm -hmm. because he was so far away. And um, this was their father. Coached baseball and soccer, was at every single school event, everything was truly just integrated in every aspect. Uh, And we had a really nice relationship, Mm -hmm. to be honest. We just, like I said, we just clicked. We could sit and do nothing. And just have an enjoyable time together. You were, um, buddy, you were buddies. We were. We were best friends as well as loved each other. Mm-hmm. Truly. So we bought a house together. The life kept moving forward and getting crazier. And he did ask me to marry him after five years. So we did start planning the wedding and all of those things. And at the time, he was... Uh, he was having difficulties as he called it like a depression. He would go into depressive states 
And he would share that he just was never comfortable with who he was. And he was just trying to figure all that out, which, hey, in your young 30s, of course, we're all trying to figure ourselves out. Absolutely. So the it comes closer and closer to the wedding. This is the beginning of 2017. And I heard from a mutual friend that he was really having a hard time and wanted to talk to a doctor about taking some supplements because what he discovered was that he was dealing with identity dysphoria. Mm -hmm. He never felt comfortable in his body that he was actually a man. And I was like, wow, okay, so so we need to talk about this. So how how was that for you? At first, it was pretty devastating because it, it just meant, in my eyes, my whole life had just completely changed. Everything that I saw moving forward was done. But the more we talked about it, he actually had said, I want to do this to help mentally keep this, but I love our life. I love you. I love our family. I don't want anything to change. I made you a promise. This is the life we have. And I said, okay, I support whatever decision you have to make. I myself am on antidepressants. That helps me get through my day. I would never take away something from him that would help him through his day. And make his life just that much easier. Mm. Well, come two months just before the wedding, it was Father's Day weekend. And we celebrated with family. And we had a nice weekend. My appendix ruptured. And as I got home, and he took great care of me. I had no problem with that. We came home. And he had shaved his beard. Grown his hair a little bit. And I was like, oh, what happened? He said, oh, I, I slipped. I had to cut it off and start over. And I just looked at him and I was like, is that for real? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for real. Said, okay. All right. But I, in my gut was telling me that something just wasn't sitting right. Mm-hmm. So the next day, uh, we're sitting on the couch watching TV. We're just hanging out as we normally do. And he just looks at me and he starts crying and goes, "I." I can't do this like this. I can't live my life this way anymore. Uh, if I don't transition, I, I can't imagine what's going to happen to me. I have to go through life the way that I feel. And so obviously at that point, that was the big boom. And okay. that was truly when things I knew at that moment, everything changed. And I said, okay, if that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. But you're going to be doing it as a co-parent, a friend to me. And that's as much as I'm able to give you in that department. I will support you and do what you need, but I cannot be your girlfriend. I cannot be your wife in that capacity. And that, that was understood. Um, he was very hurt by that. 
we really wanted to continue our relationship and not have anything change. Hmm. Just him. And I just said, I'm sorry, but that's not, that's not going to work for my life. So at that point, uh, we had some decisions to make and we decided, well, we have a wonderful family. You know, the kids, he's been their father for at this point, it was uh, almost eight years we were together and we said, okay, well, you know what? We have this beautiful house, this great life. Let's just keep going. But as co-parents and best friends, because that's who we are. And at that point, we were just going to live in our home with our family, but as best friends, because in my eyes, a person is a person, regardless of the insides or outsides, you are who you are on the inside. Mm-hmm. So our friendship and the love we had for one another, I did not see changing. Okay. And the way that we carried or wanted to have our family. Okay. And so that's what we decided. Okay. And we did say to each other that if at any point this was too much for the other one to handle, we need to be open. We need to be honest. We need to talk about it because this affects much more than just one person. Yes. This is everybody involved. Right. And so we were very clear. And at the beginning, it was difficult um, to see this person truly transforming before my eyes. I'm curious as to how this got discussed with the children. That is probably my most proud parenting moment. Wow. Is when we sat them down. It was about about a week later after we had climatized with one another about decision making. And I said, well, what what is most comfortable for you to be able to do? And we decided that we're just going to sit down at the table and I'm going to let him do the talking and share with the older two what's happening. Because at that time, my daughter was 11 and my son was 10. Mm -hmm. So they were very much old enough to understand the impact of what was happening. Mm -hmm. And again, I have always raised my children and to be unbelievably open and accepting of everyone. So when this conversation happened, I I couldn't help but have like the most proud mom moment in the world that when this was discussed with them, my daughter looks at him and goes, so dad, what you're saying is that your insides don't match your outsides and you just want that to match so that you can be happy. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, well, that's great. And they gave him a hug and they couldn't be happier. You know, that someone could, at 11 and 10 years old, how mature they were with this. I'm sure there were some feelings of, oh, no, what's what's going to happen here? But in the end, the way that they presented and and just accepted everything that was happening with no questions and just absolutely, well, of course we want you to be happy. It was just wonderful. And our youngest at the time, he was very small. He was four. He was not really clued into a lot yet, you know, besides Mm -hmm. cartoons and video games. So (laughs) even though he was explained the situation, it was as best we could do for a four-year-old at that point. So flash forward to a year later, 
and it had gotten pretty rough in the house as far as emotions, um, life, just trying to navigate. Um, What was going on for you at that time? Like in your head and in your navigating and that kind of thing? Well, at the very beginning, I was as open and supportive as possible. Three to four months into when I saw the transition really starting heavily, um, I started honestly feeling pretty bad about myself. Mm. Um, You know, like I started internalizing, what did I do? And it really was a hard thing for me to look at myself and go, you did not do anything. I'm glad you you knew that. This is nature taking, you know, and I said, and this is something that, that he's had to come to this, these terms with also then, you know, obviously it's been horrible for him and the inside too, tearing them apart. So why should I think that it has anything to do with me? I didn't do anything. I just need to highlight this because that's what I call self-compassion. Like you were able to think about your own thoughts and tell yourself, this isn't this, I didn't do something wrong. That's nature. And you were also able to have that compassion for this journey that you understood that he needed to be on. Right. Yes. And, And it truly was a journey that was going to be small step by small step. And I felt that the support that I could give, but the support I could get back as well, because my life was also taking a totally different direction. We were going to be there for one another. What I did not expect was to find out that this was something that he has been dealing with since he was eight years old Mm. and has known this all along. And at that point, when that was told to me, I got very resentful. Mm -hmm. I felt like someone had made a decision for my life without giving me the information to make it for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I got kind of angry. I went through the process of, wow, you have done this to our family. So my outlook on it completely changed. Mm -hmm. I now blamed him Mm -hmm. for not giving me all of the information I needed to make a good decision. Cause who knows if eight years before then I would have decided, well, you know what? Maybe we'll just be good friends. And who knows what life would have happened. Yes. There's right. no way to know. Right. But I also knew that that wasn't the right road. Not only was I being resentful towards him, I found myself, and this was the scariest part being resentful towards an entire group of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what am, what is happening? Like, this is not who I am. I know that this is one person. I don't group, mm-hmm. you know, in the group <laughs> capacity that it's not everybody in this situation has affected me in any way at all. Mm-hmm. Just this one individual. Wow, that is just <laughs> that that is just really incredible that you you were so hurt by this 
And when we get really hurt, it's easy to become angry, but Mm -hmm. that you were able to understand that that doesn't mean it's about all that. Right. That is exactly what our world is missing right now. It is 100%. Yes. 100%. And I thank my parents every day because Mm -hmm. that was them. Wow. That was them all my life. You don't, you know, just openly look at an entire group of people based on one interaction. Mm. That's not how life works. And, uh, but I was, it took, and I was surprised at myself at how much that had affected me and how hard it was for me to not go down that road. Because as I said, that's just not the person I am. And I, I felt horrible about that, about that it was changing my perspective and how I was trying so hard not to let it. That was probably the hardest part, truly, in all of this. So what was it inside of you that jumped in and said, whoa, like, this isn't going to help you or something? Well, I've never been an angry person. Hmm. I, 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 it takes a lot for me to truly get angry. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it was this cloud that I felt I've dealt with depression my whole life, mm-hmm. but I knew that this was different. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was depressed obviously um, due to the situation, but the anger and the negativity that came with it was just this whole different monster. And growing up, I knew that that just, that's just not what you did. And the fact that I was doing it, but how easily it was forming in my emotions um, was the scary part. And also the hardest part to control, which I was, I was absolutely shocked. Um, A large part of this was not only, you know, just generalizing, of course, because of one person, but I saw something that I didn't believe was ever real. I truly felt that somebody is who they are to the core. No matter what you change, no matter what happens to you in your life, so somebody transitioning is still that person on the inside. And what I saw and what I <laughs> was living with was not that person. It showed me a facade that was used to grow up in the body that he was born in and become that person because that's who he was supposed to be played hockey, played baseball, just overcompensated in the most manly ways possible. But that's who I fell in love with. It was uh, more of a grieving, going through the grieving process, the denial that I did anything, the anger, the frustration, and the final kind of acceptance of he's gone. Now, what do we do? And this this new person that's here is uh, not somebody that I would have ever wanted in my life. Just a very different 
person with a lot of different ways of thinking and did not get along very well. It wasn't a good atmosphere for our children and it wasn't a good atmosphere for each other as well. It was, it was, it was very difficult um, once that happened. And I, you know, I take plenty of blame in, in the, you know, negative part in it because, you know, I was going through that process as well and I wasn't perfect (laughs) by any means. I wasn't ever trying to hurt anybody, but I was trying to make myself feel whole again. Well, I think you were trying to survive and yes. And when we try to survive, we have all kinds of emotions that sometimes come out. Right. Yep. Right. Yes. Um, The kids were handling it their own way too. Um, The saddest part, I truly feel the saddest part of this entire situation is the fact that she acted like the older two never existed. Oh, my. Their relationship was severed and was gone. Even living in the house. We lived in the house for six months after that happened. Mm -hmm. And they were treated like third world citizens that didn't belong and it was, it was heartbreaking. They were. Do you you think that's because she was maybe ashamed? And so she, her way of dealing with that was just to distance from them because it was too painful. I honestly don't know. I don't believe so. There were always these small aspects of selfishness Mm. that I had saw and the bond between him and the children wasn't bad, but you could tell that it just, it was like there was a little bit of a barrier. I see. And the kids were more than open and happy and wanted uh, him to truly be the father in their life. But you could tell that there was a hesitation on his part. And my mother had voiced that mm-hmm. a couple of times that, you know, she's a little worried. And I just said, well, you know, he's never had children. This is very new. Mm-hmm. You know, once my son was born, it was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The relationship between the older two and him, because now he understood Mm-hmm. truly what a parent was and how it felt. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was just a little piece missing. Then things got better for a while. But when that took place and she fully came out and then just cut them off, mm-hmm. it broke my heart completely. And I thought I was angry before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I had not even started to become angry until then. I can't say that she was a bad parent to our son. Mm-hmm. She was a very good parent. If anything, a better mm-hmm. parent at that time. Mm-hmm. It was just unfortunate the other way. Yes. Because two accepting, happily open and understanding older children who you've raised for all of those years are now just looked at like no one. And uh, right. That affected them as well. 
We started getting calls from their school that they were acting out. We are having a lot of fights at home. Mm -hmm. Everybody was just trying to figure this whole thing out in their own way. Right. So your kids, you know, in my car metaphor, they, mm -hmm. they've had a few different cars that they yes. had to try to adjust to. And right. now it sounds like you're back in the driver's seat. <laughs> yes. They don't quite remember the car with their father when mm -hmm. it was just the four of us because they were so small. Yes, but their bodies remember it. <laughs> yes. They yes. remember that he was always in charge. Yes, right. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. And the transition to me and the two of them mm -hmm. for a short time. And then when he came into our lives, then he took that role. But not fully. Yeah. So you shared. We did. Yeah, yes. We went back and forth um, with our responsibilities at that point uh, being the driver. Yes. And who needed to be when they needed to be. That's that's mm -hmm. the healthiest family. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was hard severing who was going to be that because now we just completely separated our car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the sad part was each of us still felt like the other one was driving at some points. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest thing mm -hmm. was to feel in control of my own life when this other person had such an impact that, on that, my day to day. Yes, that's that's incredible because mm -hmm. that is what's hard about when cars change in that way is somebody fully stepping into the driver's seat and not letting something that the other person does keep them from doing that. Right. Right. It was more difficult for us too, I'm sure, just because we did live in the same household mm -hmm. at that time. If we had been living separately, I'm sure it would have been much easier. Mm -hmm. um, because of that, we then decided it's it's time that we we do sever our our lives and go our separate ways. So we got the house together uh, that we owned. Mm -hmm. And put it on the market and decided then, okay, this is this is what's best for everyone. Sadly, because of the negativity and I didn't feel very trusting anymore of having my older two at the house when it was just her. Mm -hmm. And if they were going to be looked after and truly cared for the right way. Mm -hmm. Um they moved in with my mother mm -hmm. and they would come back to the house now and again with me to get some of their things mm -hmm. and to see their little brother, mm -hmm. but they did not reside in the house anymore after that summer. Mm. And it was for the best. Okay. Um, emotionally for them to separate even more. So. Okay. Yeah. The youngest, he would go back and forth. It it almost just kind of seamlessly went another transitional part of our life mm -hmm. into the co-parenting mm -hmm. who is going to have him when and how is this going to work? Mm -hmm. And it honestly just kind of developed pretty naturally of, okay, well, we have plans. 
this is when they're here. And it wasn't as difficult as I feel like it could have been. So I'm very thankful for that. It, it's wonderful. And it probably is somewhat a hallmark of your friendship that was there in the first place. Right. Right. Yes. So a small caveat to this. So my older two's father had moved back to Michigan. Mm. He was remarried, had two of the kids of their own, uh, was out of the military and decided, you know what, we're going to go back to where I grew up. And there's a lot of opportunities. My parents are there. And so they moved to West Michigan. When that took place, the older two then started to go visit regularly mm. to this person who they didn't really have much of a relationship with, mm -hmm. but always craved it, of course, because he's their father. Right. How can you blame them? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And during all of this, uh, I have to say he was very supportive. Uh, I felt like he and I had come to this these terms in our lives where, wow, we really are just okay with one another now. Mm. There's no hurt. There's no anger. We're just all right. Mm. And we finally had just being able to look at the kids and live our lives without the resentment of the divorce. Wow. And it, it was a great feeling. Finally. It had been very problematic beforehand and just very emotional. So in the summertime of 2018, so it was fast forward to about a year after um, the wedding was called off and the transition period started. Our house was on the market. The kids were having a very hard time. I had started seeing somebody um, who the kids adored. You mean a, a, a dating relationship? Yep. Okay. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. I started dating someone. Uh, the kids adored him. Mm -hmm. He ended up spending a lot of time at our house and kind of moved in. Mm -hmm. So we were an odd nuclear family mm -hmm. <laughs> of two parents and an extra parent <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> and then the three children. And yet it worked so well. Mm. Everybody got along so nicely. Uh, she would have a date come over or I met a girlfriend mm. at that time. And it was just, uh, it was very nice. And I had said too, I said, I really want you to know that if you have a problem with this, if he is here too much, if it is too difficult, if things are odd, I said, please let me know. And she looked at me and goes, Honestly, I really like having them around. It's a nice family, hmm. you know, everybody balanced very well. Okay. Personalities got along and it seemed like when someone needed to go, the other two were there and <laughs> it worked out wonderful. So we saw each other just for a handful of months <laughs> and uh, what I didn't realize the hardest part had even yet to come. Mm. And I was informed that uh, my ex-husband wanted to have custody of my older two children oh. and was claiming that I was an unfit parent due to my living situation, the 
man that I was dating at the time had a very terrible past, but was not living that life. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was on paper, though. Mm-hmm. And what truly broke me at that point was that um, she was conspiring as well oh, behind my. my back. And the two of them went at me at the same time to try and get my kids from me mm. because it was mutually beneficial for them to show to friend of the court that I was an unfit mother to one. So obviously I was to all three mm. and therefore child support would not have been something that would have been paid anymore. Wow. Uh, that was the lowest of the low mm-hmm. in my feelings and my emotions. And um, I really just kind of hit rock bottom at that point. And so how are you now? Uh, now? Now I look back and just say, oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. wow. Thank you for living your life the way you needed to because I was never going to live mine in that that relationship and in that situation. Mm -hmm. There was always going to be some type of barrier with my children because they were always going to feel like something wasn't correct. Right. So by that happening, it freed me as well. Wow. And it freed them, the children. And you still have custody of your children. Yes, I do. Everything was, uh, the judge saw through what was happening. The worst part about it is I do believe she and I would have continued to be very close Mm -hmm. and friends. uh, And that completely took every single ounce of trust uh, away. And that friendship was no longer. And I, I don't care to have a close friendship but you co-parent. We co-parent very well. Great. Very, okay. very well. Um, it's sometimes we even find ourselves like, oh, I got to go because we've been chit-chatting at the car for 10 minutes or so, mm-hmm. just catching up, it seems like, like okay. old times. So our son is living a wonderful life. He is the most adjusted. This is all he knows. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. And he is just the most awesome little man. He is mm-hmm. so mature. Mm-hmm. And he loves having two moms. Aww. He yeah. enjoys our house dynamics are so different. Mm-hmm. So he gets one-on-one time when he is at her house. It's just the two of them. Right. When he comes home to my house, his brother and sister are there who are his favorite people in the whole world. I'm sure. My mother, our family, we're all very tight. He mm-hmm. gets everybody mm-hmm. and he goes to school in my area. So okay. his friends are there too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we we have true 50-50 custody. Okay. And it works out great. If anybody needs to change anything, there's never a problem. Mm-hmm. If there is, we figure a solution and it's never been an issue. It's truly been the best co-parenting situation I could have ever hoped for. Wow. Mm-hmm. What uh what an incredible journey and for your children and how they just continue to adjust 
they have their feelings, yeah. but they, oh, yes. But yes, of course they do. They, Absolutely. They've been in a lot of different cars, but yet yes. they, they understand it and you understand it and understand that it happened for the best. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't believe any of us could look back on it. And even though it was tough while it was happening, none of us regret that it did. Wow. They were thrilled uh, to move back to the area that we now live, mm -hmm. closer to our family. Mm -hmm. They used to go to school there. They got mm -hmm. to go back to school there. They are loving it. They are now teenagers. And they just are as happy as they could be. And they yeah. just understand it as part of their life journey. Yes. I yep. agree. Right. That's yep. just amazing without yep. having to villainize anyone or anything. Yes. No. And that's been a discussion we've had a time or two is, hey, let's take back the negativity role a little bit here, set that aside, and actually talk about what was happening mm. because it it is very as I said before, it was so easy to go down that road of just uh, anger and hurt mm -hmm. and generalization instead of right. just towards an individual. And, and even in their younger years, I could see it with them. My middle son, my older son uh, is gay, mm. came out at 12 years old, mm. is the most amazing person. And even being part of the community, still had resentment, mm. but yet in a very different way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it had nothing to do with the community, with anything of that nature. It just was that individual. They never truly connected because there was always that barrier of he right. would never be able to connect with anyone truly until he became who he was supposed to be. And now that he has, she is now the parent to our son that he deserves. Mm. Someone who is truly engaged with him, knows him, spends time, and has a very, very close relationship and love. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. I can't thank you enough for your openness, for your ability just to talk about this, for your incredible optimism around understanding that somehow this happened the way that it was supposed to. And you, you, you must be just an extremely strong person to have brought your children through this in such a way that they themselves are able to be who they authentically are now. It's just beautiful. Well, thank you. Because I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel beautiful sometimes. <laughs> and there's still many mornings that I wake up and uh, that that old negativity and anger, you know, will bubble up now and again. And I just have to do what I have to do to realize what are we doing today? And that's really all I can do. That's awesome. <laughs> We're all human. We have our feelings. And mm -hmm. there's there's just no getting around that. Nope. And sometimes those feelings are pretty hard to put into words. But it's been enough time for me that I feel like now... I, I truly can look back on it and speak about it very real. Uh, very real. And 
There are so many, many, many families that would benefit from this example that you have set of things going in a way different direction than we ever imagined. And yet we can be there and help our children through it and um, still come out feeling positive. Thank you so, so much. I can't thank you enough. I, I'm just taken aback by your bravery, your courage, your humanness. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I really hope that anybody listening can take even just a small piece of what I've gone through. And if it helps them in any way, then I know that everything I've gone through is worth all of it. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. That's just amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the What Drives You podcast. And I appreciate our storyteller telling us her story. If you're enjoying these conversations, please take just a moment and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews help more people find the podcast and be encouraged by the content. And I appreciate each review so much. Also, big news. My book, What Drives You, is now available as an audiobook. You can find it on Amazon, Audible, and Apple Books. And as always, you can find the paperback and ebook on Amazon or through your favorite bookstore. If you read or listen to the book, I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks again for joining me today. Talk to you again soon.